Well, today we're going to get <clears throat> into the message about, the, um, about tithing and the vengeance of God in the light of grace. Tithing and the vengeance of God in the light of grace. You know, so many times we thought that if we don't pay our tithe, then the vengeance of God will come upon us and uh, we will be cursed because we haven't done uh, what we're supposed to do and therefore the vengeance of God, which is to be cursed. Uh, comes upon us. But we're going to look at what the scripture says and what it really means. Now, <clears throat> we have to recap on uh, the, the messages I preached the last two Sundays and uh, just lay that foundation again. You know, many of you have not listened to my teaching on uh, tithing and Jesus is the tithe, where I explain that the meat that comes to the storehouse is the flesh of Jesus. Because Jesus says, my flesh is meat indeed. And there had to be meat in the storehouse of God or flesh in the storehouse of God that people could eat in remembrance of God uh, so that it could set them free. And that tithing doesn't talk about money at all. Many, many people have not heard that before. Uh, there are some of, some of you that slot in for the first time that haven't heard my view on, well, I don't, I don't want to say my view, the, the Bible's view, God's view on vengeance and just what vengeance is. So how will we then be able to connect these two if I don't just explain a little bit of uh, these two concepts? So I would like to just get into uh, vengeance first. Now, if you go to, um, oh, let, let me say this as well. You might say back to you, why are you talking about the vengeance of God? Why do you want to connect this to finances and all those kind of things? It's very simple. Any relationship is built on trust. Any relationship, my relationship with my children, my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my friends, uh, my relationship with, with the local body, the church, uh, my relationship with you, with the web pastors, any relationship there is, the relationship between you and the bank, you and the government, any relationship is built on trust. If you cannot trust somebody, there cannot be a healthy relationship and the full potential of what can come from that relationship can never be reached if there is not trust. Now, if I come to you and I tell you that God, in a moment of anger, will just destroy you, and fire is going to come from heaven, and He's going to burn you to pieces or burn you to ashes, and um, th that is the vengeance of God. And God takes vengeance against every person that commits a sin. If I tell you that, um, and you also know that you do commit some sins, you do some things that are wrong. You will uh, serve God from the perspective of fear. And you will not actually have a relationship with God because you trust Him. Um, you know, if you think of uh, paying the bank, if you owe the bank, you don't think of not paying if you've got the money because you know the vengeance of the bank. <laughs> You know, it's gonna, it, it will destroy you. It will take your life from you. So, um, not because you've got a good relationship with the bank, not because you love the bank, um, but because you don't want the vengeance of the bank on you, that's why you pay the bank. Because many of you might go through a hard time financially and you will not pay. You will, wanna, you will not want to pay, but you will pay because you are too afraid of the consequences. 
Now that is not what we call a healthy relationship. That is not what we call a love relationship or a friendship relationship. That's what we call a business deal, uh, wherein you can profit and they can profit. And you are not friends because you want to be friends. It's because of the situation you are in and where you maybe need money that you are actually at the bank and where, why you want a loan. Um, so it's, it's not, and, and that is not what God wants for us. The, the life of God only starts to manifest in us as, as, um, as a result of the goodness of God believed. So when we start to see how good God is, when His goodness takes over our hearts, when His goodness saturates every thought in our mind, what, we, um, what will happen to us is we will start to find God's fruit, God's life, start to manifest inside us. And that is what I want for you. And that's what God wants for you. And that's why we want to um, tackle this teaching on uh, the vengeance of God. Because that's one of the greatest things man fear, uh, is the vengeance of God. Because God can just um, become angry and want to destroy your life if you, 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 you're sinning. Now let us go to some of the verses that talk about the vengeance of God and let's see what this vengeance of God is. Now um, the first verse I want to go to is in Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah um, 61. Isaiah 61. And let us read uh, a prophecy which was fulfilled when Jesus was walking on the earth. Isaiah 61 says the following. It says, <clears throat> from verse 1, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and the opening of the prison for them that are bound. Now, semicolon explaining what it means to proclaim the acceptable year or the year of jubilee of our lord and the day of vengeance of our god so what he says is he says the spirit of god is upon me for the purpose of declaring freedom to all those that are bound number one number two explaining what it is this declaration of freedom is called the year of Jubilee. And in declaring the year of Jubilee, he's also declaring the year of the vengeance of God. And then you can see in verse 2 there, there's a semicolon explaining what this day of the vengeance of God is and what the purpose of that day is. It says, to comfort all that mourn. <laughs> so what he's saying is that God is going to pour out Jesus has got the spirit of God the spirit of love the spirit of kindness the spirit of mercy tenderness upon him and he's going to tell all those that are bound you are free now this is the year of jubilee he will be declaring the vengeance of God to comfort all who suffer and all who mourn or are crying because of the oppression they are under, to comfort them. So the day of the vengeance of God will have comfort as a fruit. 
Now just think of that. That's not what I've uh, th thought of for many years. In our church, um, as, we, as we talk about these things, as we think about these things, it doesn't help we just sit and listen to a theory. Let us be real with what is inside our hearts when we think of the vengeance of our God. And here we clearly see that the fruit of vengeance will be um, comfort. And then we find something very extraordinary. The, the Bible says here, the Spirit of the Lord was on Jesus to eventually comfort people by declaring and bringing forth the vengeance of God. So the Spirit of God will bring forth the vengeance of God and it will comfort people. That's why the Holy Spirit is called the Comforter. He will comfort you. How will He comfort you? By showing you the love of God and the vengeance of our God. Now, let us go to just one chapter back to um, Isaiah 60. It says here, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and great darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon you, and His glory shall be seen upon you. So what he says here is, and what, you know what we've done with the vengeance of God, we've, we've seen the vengeance of God just as an outpouring of the anger of God, an outpouring of the fire of God. And uh, it, 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 it's almost like the mountain with Moses and the people that went up Mount Sinai, and the people were afraid of the fire. They were saying, oh no, I mean, this guy is on fire. The mountain is shaking. It's burning. There's fire. They're shaking. We're not going there. But Moses went in to the fire and discovered that that fire is called mercy, graciousness, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. That will by no means let any guilty one pass by before the mercy of God without God being merciful to him. That's what Moses discovered that fire is. But the others were afraid of that fire. Because no, it's a consuming fire. Now, um, when we think of this verse uh, in Isaiah 60 where it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. What does that really mean? Now, let's turn to Malachi chapter 4. We're getting a bit closer to Malachi 3 now. But let's go to Malachi 4. And um, let's look at this fire, this day of vengeance of our God. So, remember... When Jesus was on the earth, he declared that today is the day of the vengeance of God. A terrible day of destruction. That is what it was when Jesus was on the earth. Now what was destroyed? We don't see Jesus, when he was on earth, call down fire from heaven to burn people. The disciples... Even went, now th this is beautiful, the disciples went and they want to pass through some towns in Samaria and they didn't want to allow Jesus through. And then James and John said, let us call fire from heaven like Elijah did and consume these people for they don't want to accept you Jesus. They don't want to allow you to walk through this town. Then what did Jesus say to them? 
He said, you don't know what spirit you are of. I have not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. So you see, what they said is, let the vengeance of God come on these people. Let them be burnt. Then Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Now, the spirit of God is the spirit that will manifest the vengeance of God, but it will not be in the form of a fire coming from heaven and God just destroying everybody because he's angry. That is not the spirit we are of. The spirit we are of in the New Testament, the spirit we are of in the message of grace, the spirit of God is the spirit of kindness, the spirit of goodness, the spirit of love, which will not bring forth and call forth a fire from heaven to consume people. Okay, now, <laughs> that's amazing. It will call down a fire that will comfort people in distress. The people in Samaria needed comfort. They didn't need destruction, they needed comfort. There was something that was causing them not to want Jesus to walk through their town. And do you know, do you know what that was? It was racism. It was um, the, the, the law system that declared the Jews the people of God and declared these people not the people of God. And inside that spirit of division, they wouldn't allow Jesus to go in there. And then what the disciples said is, let us call down the vengeance of God and let these people be destroyed. Then Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you're of. We are of the spirit that wants to destroy the very thing and burn up the system that causes these people not to want a Jew to walk through their place, which was the law. Now, that might sound very technical, but there's a great reason to just stand up and or pause the video, run around the chair five times, and then pick up the coffee that you've spilled in the, in the meantime, and then sit down and press play again. Glory to God. <laughs> it says in chapter 4 verse 1, it says, For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yes, all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day shall come that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch, but unto you that fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and it shall and you shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, and they shall be ashes under your souls and feet in the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses, my servant, which I command unto you in Horeb for all of Israel with the statutes and judgment. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of this great and dreadful day of the Lord. So what is he saying here? He says there's a, a great and dreadful day of the Lord, wherein all that do wickedly, all the unrighteous shall be, burnt, shall be called stubble, and in this day there'll come a fire from God, and it will consume all of this stubble, and it will neither leave those that are called stubble any root nor branch. Now, um, he says here, just before that day takes place, there'll come a guy called Elijah. He will come and he will manifest and then in that day when the Elijah manifests, that just before that time is when um, 
uh, uh, Elijah will come just before this takes place. Verse 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Now, Jesus went after the beheading of John the Baptist and he said to them, John the Baptist is Elijah. So what that means is, when John the Baptist came, what did he preach in John in Matthew 3.14? He preached, he says, the, the, uh, uh, God is about to burn up the chaff, he's about to destroy everything, and the day of the Lord is here, the day of vengeance of our God is here, and he was declaring all of this. This was John the Baptist. And then when Jesus came, this dreadful day, the day of destruction, took place. So this, this verse in Malachi 4 is not talking about a futuristic event wherein God is just going to destroy people. It is talking about something that was in the future when Malachi wrote it, but was fulfilled in Jesus. Now what did he talk about? He comes and he says to the Jews, he says to the Jews, he says, listen, you think you, you've got Abraham as father? And you think that you are righteous and you are holy and blameless because you've got Abraham as father? Let me tell you something. Look at the fruit in your life. The fact that Abraham is your father and that you're a Jew cannot even set you free from bitterness and hatred and stealing and all those kind of things. And then he went on and he said, this tree from where you found your identity that I'm a Jew is going to be burnt up by Jesus. It's going to be destroyed. It is called stubble. Because the unrighteousness was to say, I'm a child of Abraham, therefore I am righteous. John the Baptist went and said, God can make children of Abraham from stones. What you need is a change in life. So God's going to come and burn away this tree. Now, you know, when the Bible talks about trees, it doesn't just talk about physical trees. Uh, you know, we get the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which we know is the law. Um, we get, or the belief system that I I don't have to trust God to have things for free, but by my own works I can get it. That's, that's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We get something called the tree of life, which is God himself and Jesus. Then we are called trees of righteousness, a planting of the Lord. So when he says, I'm going to burn up a tree, he's going to burn up every system that is inadequate to produce love and peace and joy and comfort in your life. And that is the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Because what did Jesus come and destroy? What did he burn up in his coming? He ended the temple system. He ended the Ten Commandments system by which you have life. He ended the separation between Jew and Gentile. He burnt that up. He completely destroyed the Pharisees' way of doing. Um, he went and fellowshiped with sinners. Jesus was called a, a, a drunkard, a friend of sinners. He went and made effort to go and visit tax collectors. So what he was doing is, he was coming and was bringing forth the real truth. And like I said last Sunday, you know, and um, this Sunday in the morning service, we, I, I just articulated it so much better. You know, when we had the old tape system, the CD system, at the end of the tape system, it ended because the CD system came in with a vengeance. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? When CDs came in, they came in with a vengeance and completely burnt up and destroyed the tape system. We also, you know, the other day we were cleaning up the place and I found a box full of tapes. <laughs> the first thing I was thinking is, where am I going to find a tape player? It, it, it burns up the system so much that you don't, you don't even buy tape radios anymore. Or players, you don't find them anymore. It's completely consumed. And this fire that, that the Bible talks about is called an unquenchable fire. What that means is, if this building would catch fire and it's unquenchable, it doesn't mean the fire will never die. It means that the fire cannot be put out until it has fully consumed every material that can be burned. That means if the fire brigades here and they, and they come and they try to quench this fire and they cannot do it because of the extreme heat, that's called unquenchable. In the very same way, the fire of God's love, the fire by which He ends the law system, is unquenchable. It cannot be quenched. So I want to tell you, if you're still stuck in the old tithing teaching, if you're still stuck in sowing and reaping, if you are still stuck in um, you must fast to try and get a breakthrough, or any of those kind of things, you are material that fuels the fire. <laughs> your system is going to be destroyed. It will be burnt up in the vengeance of our God. Because God has come and He's taking vengeance on whatsoever is binding His people. He takes vengeance on um, ignorance about His goodness. He takes vengeance on the system that says God is a murderer. How does God take vengeance on the system that says God hates sinners? He comes, He becomes a man, He lives among sinners, sits at the party with them, and heals all their sick. Now I tell you, in the presence of that, if God comes and manifests Himself like that, guess what? That burns up every Pharisee's latest revelation that can be confirmed with five scriptures. Because here is Jesus now, and He's actually showing forth the light or the fire of God. And this fire of God that will manifest is, is, is mentioned in, in um, Isaiah 6. Or let, let us just read that fire again. In, sorry, in, in Malachi 4. Listen to the fire here. For behold, the day comes that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yes, who were proud? The Jews. They were taking pride in the fact that they are Jews, and they are saved by the works of the law. Now today we find the very same thing. I'm not nailing the Jew. What, what's happening here is God came to consume the system where you find pride in your works. And all the proud, yes, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble, and the day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that shall, it shall leave them neither um, root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name, fear my name means to have respect for the name of God. 
What is the name of God? He says, you shall call his name Jesus, for he is the savior of his people. Those that have got respect for the fact that God is the savior, and that we don't have to save ourselves, what will happen to them? This son, S-U-N. You see, he says the day. It's talking about a day, the dawning of a day. How does a day dawn? There comes the sun. It's rising. Okay, and you start to feel the heat of the sun. Now in Malmesbury we had about 40 degrees Celsius for a week now, if it's not more. My goodness, you know, you see that sun comes up in the morning. It is, I mean, every day for you that are in the US, we, we, we average at about 105 Fahrenheit. So we, it is so extremely warm. That sun rises. But if we look at that extreme heat that, that's, that's talked about here, it will burn away all of the law system. It will destroy all of that. But unto us who are awaiting salvation, the Son, which is the Son of righteousness, shall be done to my people. It's unrighteous that my people are bound. It's unrighteous that my people are blinded by thinking I'm an angry God, by thinking I'm a judgmental God, by thinking that I want to destroy people's lives. It is, it is unrighteous for people to think that God is the bad shepherd. It's unrighteous for people to think that they are the slaves of God and not the children of God. So here the son of righteousness that will see die son van gerechtigheid, wat sal sien dat gerechtigheid geskiet in oor mense. The son of righteousness that will see that righteousness is done to his people shall arise and we who expect to be saved free from our works, that fire means healing to us. So the vengeance of God is God healing his people. <laughs> Isn't that good news? That is extremely good news. And that's why Isaiah 61 says, Arise and shine, for your light or your sun has now come. And the glory of the Lord, which is the sun of righteousness, which is the manifestation of the vengeance of God, has now risen upon you. When the Bible says, Arise and shine, what it says is, Let God be your healer. Let God be the one that, is, that, that, that exercises His righteous action towards you by blessing you free from your good works, but by blessing you with His quality of life resulting in um, His attributes manifesting in you. Right, now what does that have to do with tithing? Now, <clears throat> tithing, uh, when we look at Malachi 3 and we look at the tithe, of Malachi 3, we, it refers to Deuteronomy 14, um, especially last verses, where in the tithe, uh, it talks about the tithe of the third year. Now, let me explain that. Um, in the times, old Bible times, this is how tithing was done. You would come and you would take a tenth of the produce of the field, or the tenth of the oxen or tithe of whatever, which would represent all, the all, and you would take it to a certain place, and then you would eat it there in remembrance of God. That's what you would do with the tithe. But every third year, you were not allowed to eat the tithe, but the tithe was to be given 
was to be put inside your gates or in the little village that you lived in in the third year. And then in the third year, the widow, the orphan, the stranger, and the Levite, and all that couldn't buy their own works live could come and eat that tithe in the third year. Now the, the typology behind that is very simple. In the third year of Jesus' ministry, he died and provided food or something to eat in remembrance of God to everybody that could not, by his own work, provide for himself, which represents mankind. Now, what happened here was the, 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 the people didn't in the third year do that. They just used it for themselves. They didn't follow that custom. So what was happening is the poor and the widow and the orphan and all those who by their own works um, could not provide for themselves didn't have food. And God was looking at his people in a, in a state of being hungry. Now what is that all of that talk about? Now, <clears throat> uh, for those of you that has never heard this, let me explain this. If you go to Malachi 3, um, and verse 1. Let's read Malachi 3 verse 1. It says, <clears throat> Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. Now, who's the messenger that will be prepared the way before Jesus? It's John the Baptist. Do you see the repeat here? It's just talking about John again. And he says, And the Lord, whom you seek, this is now Jesus, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, says the Lord. But who may abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire. <laughs> Do you see the setting of, of um, Malachi 3 here? It's the same context as Malachi 4. It's just a repeat Malachi 4 is just a repeat of Malachi 3. And here he comes and he just tries to communicate in a language which they understood. And this is what he said. He said, listen, there'll come a messenger before, there'll become a guy who'll prepare the way before the messenger of the covenant. That's John the Baptist. But when the messenger of the covenant comes, which is Jesus, he will be like a refiner's fire and who will be able to stand in his day? What is this day? It's the day of the vengeance of God. Now what happened in this day and what, what was the vengeance of God revealed in Malachi 3 here? This is the vengeance. He says, I've got something against you. You have not given the tithe which is not money. Listen people, if you are hearing I'm talking about giving money to this fellowship or to any church in the form of tithing to the church for God to bless you, listen, you're not hearing what I'm saying. I am actually against that. Okay, I don't believe in that. But Bertie, how can you say that? How will you survive? How? Listen, everything we have and the way we live, the studio we've built, everything we've done, doesn't come from trying to get people to tithe money. It just comes from a merciful, gracious God that loves people and wants His gospel to be preached. That's it. And a God that loves me and my wife and my children. And that same God is your God. That, that's it. 
That's all you need to know. So please get this thing of tithing as money out of your mind. Tithing has never been money. Jesus is the tithe. Tithing is food. That's what the Bible says. Um, I've got this against you, that you didn't bring the tithe, you didn't bring the food to the storehouse, which in those days were cattle and uh, uh, wine and all those kind of things, and that the people that could not produce food by their own works, that they could eat for free. He says, I want meat in my house. And we know what God was calling the house? His people that were suffering. He said, those, that, those people are my house. I want them to eat. And then he comes and, and Malachi is a prophet and he prophesies towards Jesus and he says to Jesus, Jesus, if you can bring meat to the storehouse, if you can bring the true tithe to the storehouse, something that people can eat that will set them free from the curse, which we know today, Jesus said, my flesh is meat indeed. You know, so, you know, then people will be set free. So what Malachi is saying here is, he is saying, the vengeance of God, the day of God, will purify the belief of man. It will, who will be able to stand, if you come with your belief, in front of what God believes, will what God believe completely consume what you believe? That's what it's talking about. But who may abide in the day of His coming? And who shall stand when He appears? For He is like a refiner's fire and like foolish soap. And He shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And He shall purify the sons of Levi. Who were the sons of Levi? They were those who ministered. What the, they ministered a message that wasn't pure. And He said, I will purify the gospel. I'll purify the message. I'll purify the priesthood by bringing a priest that can actually provide food for people. That the curse can be broken off their backs. So, when we look at Malachi 3's tithe, when he's, when, and, and let us just read this, because some of you might never have heard this before. It says in verse, um, verse 9, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. And now remember, this is prophetic towards Jesus. Bring ye, Jesus was reading Malachi 3 sometime in his life, and when he read Malachi 3, this is what Jesus read. He read the Father saying to him, Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. Father, what is meat in your house? My son, your flesh is meat indeed. And prove me herewith, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you, this Jesus, if I want open Jesus and pour out a blessing that there shall not be enough room to receive it and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Do you see the vengeance of God? God coming in the finished work of Jesus and rebuking what devours people. And what was devouring us? What was devouring us was the hunger we had under the law system for the law system cannot provide meat for the people of God. The law doesn't provide, the law system and works righteousness does not provide a body that we can eat in remembrance of a finished work whereby we can be righteous for free. So the tithe is, the tithe is Jesus, is the manifestation of the vengeance of God. 
wherein the tithe, when the tithe comes to the storehouse, it is the day wherein the priesthood is cleaned, wherein it's purified, wherein the, 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 the soap comes and washes, wherein there is a refining, where there is a refining of the silver, where there is a heat of righteousness that burns and destroys all, all of the messages of unrighteousness which declares you as unrighteous and unholy and not good enough for God. So I want to tell you, Jesus is the tithe, is the manifestation of the very vengeance of God. The tithe, where the tithe came, it was something that came that provided food for the people. It is called the son of righteousness. The son of unrighteousness was burning over the people, um, you know, and they could not eat. There was no meat in the house of God. And God said, let me provide the meat. Let me provide the body and the blood, the communion, that people can eat and be satisfied and the curse can be broken. For I am, I know God cannot be sick and tired, but let me put it this way, I'm sick and tired and fed up with a system where my people must live and not have righteousness done towards them where they cannot have justification, what's just towards them. What's just towards mankind is that we function along original design, which is God living in us and manifesting His life in us on account of His goodness towards us. Now, friends, put that in your pipe and smoke it. Glory to God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that we can be here together. Thank you, Lord, for the honor of having this message being broadcast all over the world. Thank you for this wonderful web church. Thank you for the love we can experience in this church and the great truth that you reveal. Thank you, Lord, that we can be free on account of your goodness and your love. In Jesus' mighty name, we honor you. Amen and amen. Well, I want to just uh, thank you for watching. If you've got any questions, please feel free to contact any of our web pastors or to write our office. Uh, if you've just watched this uh, directly on YouTube, please go to dynamicministries.com and then um, you can go to Web Fellowship and there you can see what we are all about. Please remember, we're not just a fellowship, we're a church, an internet-based church that... Um, that wherein we've got the dynamics of a church ministering the goodness of God to people. I also want to um, just uh, encourage those of you that feel in your heart to give towards this ministry. Uh, as you've heard what I believe about the tithe and sowing and reaping and stuff, um, I don't believe in the traditional way of doing things, but what I do believe in is that God works in the hearts of people, and if you feel that the Lord has worked in your heart, just do what you feel in your heart, and there will always be more than enough. And the way you can give is by simply going to dynamicministries.com and clicking on the donate button and you can give over there. Thank you so much for all your love and all your care. Please share this message with as many friends as possible. And I'll see you again next week. God bless. Amen.